Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Please remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor or investment specialist before you make any changes to your investment policy or stocks or bonds or real estate you may own. I am not an investment advisor. I am simply talking about what I'm doing in our investments for your entertainment purposes. This is Hank for Shrink Running Advice. It's January 29th, 2022. Scurvy investing. A little bit of a crazy, crazy topic there. But I was on the treadmill working out and I read, uh, sorry, I listened to a podcast and I can't remember which one where the guest talked about that it took 200 years for a successful health practice to be adopted and I did some digging and actually the the real number they come up with is 42 years and and what does that mean well here's what happened so hundreds of years ago when when people would get on a ship to travel to explore the world um, many of them would get what was called scurvy which was a horrible disease that would kill many of them and James Lind discovered that Uh, citrus, mainly eating lemons and oranges and and making sure vitamin C came in, uh, people didn't get scurvy. And he proved this. But it took 42 years for the Navy to make it a practice where when you went on a ship, the the captain had to make sure they had enough orange juice or not oranges and grapefruit or vitamin C of some sort to help you not get scurvy. So it took 42 years for that successful discovery to be put into the mainstream or practice. Now, you might be thinking, well, that was hundreds of years ago. Certainly today, we're so much more intelligent and we're so much more willing to adopt health practices. Well, in 1964, the U.S. Surgeon General came out and said that there was a clear link between smoking and lung cancer. There was no doubt about it. The research, the science, and the science was much better than it would have been when uh, scurvy was the issue. And believe it or not, 58 years later, some 14% or more, or less, depending on if it's Canada or the United States, but let's just use the term, 14% of people in North America smoke. So that's a lot of people. That's... That's that's a lot of people. Was that 40 million people in North America, maybe 50 million people or more, continue to smoke, even though it's proven that, that cigarettes smoking is directly linked to lung cancer and all the other bad health effects that we're not even going to talk about. So it can take a very long time for a successful procedure or product or service to be adopted by society. And, you know, because this is an investment podcast, think about the issue in business. How to define the problem? What problem are you trying to solve? Do the people really want to solve that problem? And if so, how long will it take for them 
to adopt that change that might be happening that might even even though it's going to strongly benefit their lives uh, as the use of lemons and oranges on ships or you know stop smoking what that will do to enhance someone's life if they're a cigarette smoker so when we switch to business we think about so many times we see startups and they will say that you know in the first five years four small businesses will fail out of those five that start up or whatever the number is or in our angel fund we have a number of companies that i follow that um have incredible ideas incredible ideas but and in our executing and but the market is slow to accept or adopt or be able to be used to solve that clear problem so why is that and i I, I'm going to give you another example of something I'm working on that might help and then talk a little bit about long-term investing. So I started um, aging, A-G-E-I-N-G-I-P.com, to solve a problem that I had with aging in place. So the thought was 78% of us want to age in place. That means we want to live in our homes until the day we're not on the planet. We don't ever want to go to a nursing or retirement home. And that number's increasing now that we saw what was out there with COVID. Not that we didn't know that before about these places, but as you know, we get older, I'm 65, and many of my colleagues do, we, we talk about this. But the problem, there, there's a number of problems with this. For example, the first is you have to tell other people because people don't really know and you have to declare it the second thing you have to do you have to describe what you want that life to look like and are you willing to accept help in your home because without that it, it limits your ability to age in place so let's assume you do those two things and there are a number of incredible startups and i've invested in some of them that and i'll be talking to another one on monday just for personal interest reasons probably not to invest but they have this most incredible technology within the home to allow people to be safe, improve quality of life, and so on. But the issue, and, and there's this constant push in these companies, they're startups and they're focused on creating new technology, creating ways to enhance safety, security, health. Um, and I'm involved in a, in a small way, investing in a company that's in design with a home health in mind where they actually monitor, they're allowed to reduce through their technology the number of stays in the hospital. And they're also able to monitor people with chronic conditions in the home. Fantastic stuff. But one of the key issues that we face with the aging in place concept is that someone has to do something and take action with the data that's presented. So for example, there's inc incredible technology that will, if a, if a senior is mobile, let's say an 84-year-old person has few health issues and is able to be fairly mobile and uses a certain system, the system can tell someone when that person has fallen immediately by use of technology. And so then the question, well, who will that technology tell that that person needs help? Well, there's other technology that will combined will monitor quality of life, uh, exercise, health care parameters, um, the workers that come into the home, making sure that only the certain people through uh, visual uh, facial recognition, the software can tell the person monitoring the situation that someone has just come into the home that isn't on the approved list. And an alert is sent out, it'll even call, but it has to call someone. 
And so this seems to be the fundamental barrier to adopting, I believe, it's the black swan. It's, it's the issue that stops these incredible technologies from becoming commonplace. I don't know what it was for scurvy. I don't know what it is for cigarettes. But for home care and adoption of technology, the technology continues to improve, yet there, con- yet there continues to be barriers because of what I call the scurvy factor. There are, there are hidden uh, reasons why the technology isn't being adopted. Now, that's even if everyone assumes that it's needed, we all have a problem that's being solved by this technology. The company or founders are able to execute, so they are hardworking out there trying to look at different methods, they have a good marketing plan and so on, but for some reason the market isn't really accepting that product. That to me is a fascinating thing we see with startups today. And it's fascinating with what I'm seeing with agingip.com. 78% of the people will tell you they want to age in place, but no one wants to talk about it. People say, well, I'll get there. Well, think about it for a minute. What are, what are all the different black swan issues or the, the barriers that could be associated with aging in place? Well, one is the belief is you've got to be able to afford it. You've got to be able to write a check for the service, whether it's computers or technology or whatever it may be. So there's a lack of knowledge because people don't even want to look at that, which I think is similar to the cigarette smoking example. People who are smoking, the 14%, the 50-some million people that continue to light up every day, they don't want to be faced with the fact that that there's a reconciliation. There's a, you know, there's a evidence-based time where you have to look at this and say, okay, this is killing me or I need to deal with this issue, but it's not a lot of fun to deal with it. When it comes to aging in place, one of the barriers happens to be, I think, cost. There's a perception that it's going to cost a significant amount of money and so it's not affordable. But there are a number of paths around that barrier and you know this isn't the time or place to discuss them but I think that's one of them. I, I think the second thing to think about when we look at the long-term nature of many ideas is how do we find the patients? You know if you're in the um, if you're a government official in the health and anti-smoking sort of push it's been 58 years, and that number has gone down some from 20% to maybe 14% in the past 10 years. But you're, you're going to have to work for a long time to get that down to, to zero, where people realize that this is a, this is a behavior that is, is just not going to work. We shouldn't be involved in this. And so when it comes to investing, the black swan or the, uh, is usually the barrier. When you look at the scurvy investing idea, it's about, the time horizon that you will take or a company will take and do they have enough resources to get to that point where they can be adopted and are they really working to find out what is the black swan or the barrier what is the, what is stopping them uh, from and when I say them I mean what is stopping society or the market from accepting that product or service that everyone agree we need 78% of the population agrees aging in place is the thing but there are a couple of very important barriers to that. One, I think, is a, is a, is a service that no one provides yet called the uh, coordinator advocates position. Basically, it's, the, it's like a property manager for a person's home health when they're aging in place. There's a property management component where someone has to arrange the grass to be cut and you know the building needs to be fixed or whatever, the house needs a new roof, whatever that may be. 
But with that is the coordinator advocate who has to help coordinate all the services around that person. Um, and we're more and more we're talking great technology. There's some amazing, but someone has to coordinate it. Someone has to arrange so that when a trigger goes off, you know, someone's fallen or, or someone has not moved as they should and they may, may represent some type of illness or perhaps their arthritis is cranking up. Who's going to make that call to action? And so that, I think, when it comes to agingip.com is one of the barriers. The coordinator advocate and the belief, the financial belief that it's not accessible to most people, which is incorrect. And we can talk about that some other time. But those are the barriers. So when you look at what you're doing, and you, and, and, you know, I think of the the angel investments that we do, some 23 companies. I think about, you know, is it a bad idea, or is it an idea that's just going to take 42 years, as with the scurvy solution, to be accepted by the market? Don't know. Most really incredible products, services, or ideas take time to be accepted by markets other companies might steal it and then make it positive and and profitable so it's it's a multi-dimensional issue when you look at an idea or listen to a pitch i think it's not just the idea it's not just the founders it's not just the work ethic it's not just the financing it's trying to dig deep and find the black swans or the the barriers that may be lurking to make this thing not get accepted to make to make people either do it for free forever and never pay for it, so there's never a meta, there's never a business model, or to not even use it in the first place. So that's that's the idea of scurvy investing. Be careful. Keep an eye out for um, for this variable. If you're looking at doing a startup yourself, you may have a great idea for a business, and the market may want it. But then you have to ask yourself, what could be lurking beneath the surface that would stop people from adapting to this? And I'll, and I'll tell you one other quick experience I had many years ago when I was working in the area of um, persons who needed support because of um, cognitive disabilities and other disabilities uh, who were in a group home setting. I thought it was really important to be able to provide feedback as to the interactions that uh, people were having with the residential staff. And using technology, I was able to come up with a solution, even back then, we were probably talking 15, 20 years ago. And the idea was that the group home was, quote, wired. Back then we called it wired, where um, they had handheld devices were similar to a BlackBerry where they could input data at any time. But the data also beneath the surface developed uh, a database of what everybody was doing so if if i um let's just take an example of a slip and fall if i fell in the kitchen uh the question might be where was everybody else and what were they doing and what was i doing when i fell in the kitchen and the idea being would would be to gather data and information to make better decisions about medication or service or treatment now the problem and the, and the the real barrier to implementing that kind of a technological solution at that time was that suddenly everybody would know the data would be available, which would have implications to staffing and so on. For example, there's technology that can be attached to an adult diaper in a nursing home to see how long it takes for a person to be looked after if they have a soiled adult diaper. That technology isn't readily available. 
to be used. In other words, the technology is available, but the 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 low uptake of implementation has to do with people not wanting other people to know. It's quite simple. It's quite simple. The technology we're talking about on Monday um, is highly private. There's no way to identify anyone in this technology. But if you had it up in every nursing home in the country, you would very quickly know what's going on without without identifying in the sense of um, privacy. There'd be no privacy issues. You could, in fact, use this technology in bathrooms and bedrooms. There'd be no identification of what people are doing other than um, the data you would need to make decisions. Will it be adopted? Highly unlikely. Because it would, if, if a family member could log on and see uh, the activity levels of their parent in a nursing home and the activity of staff very quickly, probably there would be an uproar. And there would be quick evidence in the case of neglect. So those are some of the barriers of adopting this incredible technology into a nursing home environment don't know if it'll ever happen. I highly doubt it with the way the systems are today. But certainly that can be adapted to someone who's aging in place. And perhaps someday that'll be adapted to perhaps larger homes, not nursing homes or retirement homes, larger homes where maybe three or four people are sharing care in a, in a home, but they are uh, being uh, achieving a high quality of life and taking on activities that they wish. Scurvy Investing would love your response at any time. In the meantime, you have an amazing week. Uh, could have talked about a lot of things today, but this, this Scurvy Investing idea really popped into my head. I mean, it took 42 years to be adapted, and if you think of cigarette smoking, it's 58 years and counting, and people are still lighting up. I'm Hank for Shrink Money Advice. You have an amazing, profitable week. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 